We were speaking to Premier David Eby for a couple of segments and uh, lots there. Um, We talked about housing. We talked about carbon tax. uh, We talked about affordability measures potentially uh, in the uh, spring budget. We talked about um, the uh, growth of the BC Conservatives. We talked about a fixed election date if he plans to stick with it. Uh, One of those folks listening was Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief, Keith Baldry, and he joins us now. Good afternoon, Keith. Hey, Jazz, good interview. I thought it worked out well. Some interesting things, interesting takeaways. I thought I found him to be very thoughtful in regards to his comments. Uh, first of all, in the housing um, file, uh, he kept saying big swings. I found that interesting. Yeah, interesting use of uh, the language and his response to um, Richard Stewart. Again, you know, I've talked about this before. We're still waiting for some of the nitty-gritty details when it comes to the housing legislation because we're waiting for regulations and both on short-term rental and on the zoning. And he says he's listened to some mayors who have concerns, such as Richard Stewart, when he phoned in the other day when we were on together. Mm -hmm. So I think there's still going to be some leeway out there um, to allow municipalities to bend with the rules, particularly as we go into an election year. I'm not sure the NDP government wants to be picking fights with city councils over zoning powers, which strikes me as an issue that's never been part of a pre-campaign before, but which could go the wrong way from what the government's looking for. And, and as you pointed out to EB, this is uh, to the Premier, this is going to take a long time to implement a mm-hmm. lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So why have a political fight, you know, a messy political fight with some of these mayors and councils when at the end of the day you're not going to get any much housing built in a short time frame anyways? Mm-hmm. Now one of the other things I brought up with um, the Premier was Energy Minister Josie Osborne losing that document. Yeah, like uh, the Christmas present he's getting there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was quite funny. Uh, but he did uh, mention, uh, wouldn't, without getting sp- into specifics, but it looks like they're working towards some sort of measure to address the broader issues in and around affordability for British Columbians for the spring budget. Yeah, he made a point that a number of us made that this is actually not a bad thing to happen to the government, to have a memo released that you're talking about a carbon tax rebate or frozen hydro rates. Why not put that idea in people's heads? And I, I think his comments today seem to push that even further along, that something like this is coming either in the budget or pre-budget. And it sounds like he's leaning towards something to do with hydro rates based on his comments to you. So, yeah, and he's confirmed that something's up. Yeah. Um uh, we'll talk about the Conservatives and the rise of the BC Conservatives uh, in the polls in a second. Uh, election date, I did ask him about that, and he still maintains it's going to be fall of 2024. But there's going to, I'm going to assume within the party, there will be some um, pressure to go earlier in regards to whatever is happening amongst the BC electorate. The, the BC Conservatives are resonating to a certain degree, or at least the message is, maybe it's not the BC Conservatives, but the message is um, there's going to be some within his party going, wait a minute here, let's reassess. Well, there are people. There are. I've talked to them. Um, but no one's made that real push yet. And a number of key people in the party made the point to me, what they're looking at, and this is before today's poll came out, which was kind of electrifying, is what's happening to the vote associated with the B.C. Conservatives, which is a fledgling party, hasn't had an impact on B.C. politics for 90 years. Um, nevertheless, whether it's a Pierre Polyev wave, there is a big block of voters who have swung to the B.C. Conservatives. The points were made to me, if that starts to grow significantly and it becomes essentially a two-party fight between the NDP and the B.C. Conservatives, with the B.C. United right now barely keeping its head above water, uh, that could be problematic were it to drag on for too long. So why not um, move in early 
cut it off early, cut that surge off early by having a spring election. So I think today's poll was had the Conservatives with a significant lead over United. Uh, now the second party of choice, still well behind the NDP, you know, tw- uh, um, 44 to 26, and United just 17. But if that 26 turns into 36 in a, in a, a poll a month from now or two months from now, I think the heat will be on EB to pull the plug sooner than later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And certainly uh, Mr. EB uh, expressed uh, uh, concern over uh, the B.C. Conservatives and their core messaging, uh, even uh, linking it to that uh, tractor incident out in the valley. Um, now, to my understanding, John Rustad, the leader of the B.C. Conservatives, was on Red FM, which is a South Asian radio station based in Surrey. And he was asked this morning, Keith, on, you know, would he consider potentially merging with BC United? Uh, And he was asked by host Harjinder Tind. uh, Take a listen uh, to the question and and the answer from Mr. Rustad. Are you ready for the merger in case it's suggested that the BC United want to merge with the uh, Conservative Party? Is there a possibility? Certainly, um, if the the United Party were to reach out uh, and want to have a discussion about... uh, uh, how we could um, uh, how we could bring things together. Uh, I think that's possible, but the one thing is for certain: with the Conservative Party, we will not compromise on our principles. Will not compromise on the values that that we are running on. Uh, and uh, so, for you to sit down with Gavin Falcon and VC uh, United leaders, then you are willing to sit down, though. Yes, yeah, certainly we're willing to sit down and have a conversation. I've, mm-hmm. I've never said we wouldn't, but. Uh, you know, the challenge will be, of course, uh, they have a very different view of, in terms of how the world works uh, compared to uh, compared to us. Maybe that was a tad premature in regards to questioning, but I mean, could it head there in regards to, you know, and I'm not sure what, what uh, uh, power Mr. Falcon would have in this particular case with Mr. Rustad doing so well in the polls, but you've got to wonder somewhere along the way, there has to be some sort of conversation about a merger. Well, it's a fluid situation, as they say. It's unpreced- it was not unprecedented. We've certainly seen back in the 70s the Socred's Social Credit Party reaching in and grabbing three liberal MLAs and a conservative liberal MLA and put together that coalition. But you heard Russ say we're not going to compromise on our beliefs. So the BC Conservatives have taken a fairly strong anti-SOGI position. Uh, really not agreeing with uh, the whole notion of fighting climate change along the lines most countries are fighting, um, being uh, questioning the science of vaccines. Uh, that's not; those are not BC United uh, positions, and never have been. So, for the if that's the, the starting point of a conversation, that means BC United would have to drift even further to the right, mm-hmm. and that would marginalize potentially both of those parties um, against a, still a very strong NDP. But as I say, it's a fluid situation. Uh, there's going to be pressure brought to bear from external parties on both Rustad and Falcon to have a conversation. But Rustad also has a personal stake in this. So this is very much a bit of revenge for him. Falcon kicked them out of the caucus. It was Falcon who did it. There's some animosity there. They they mock each other on social media. At least members of the caucus mock Rustad and vice versa. So uh, there's a lot of tension and a little broken down relationship. And I'm not sure 10 months is, is long enough to heal this thing. Yeah. So we are speaking to Keith Baldry, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief. We were speaking to Premier David Eby from 4 to 4.30. Lots of issues discussed from um, affordability issues. We talked about uh, uh, housing legislation. We talked about fixed election dates. Um, all of that. Uh, carbon tax as well. So lots to discuss. Uh, give me a call on the open line. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the interview and uh, your take on Mr. Eby and what sort of transpired in BC's uh, uh, BC politics these days as the BC uh, Conservative 
derivatives are surging. 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell phone. Let's go to Steve in Coquitlam. Hi, Steve. Uh, yeah, I was just calling, and I'm, I'll almost guarantee that the... Are you there? Yes. Oh, I'd almost guarantee that the Conservatives and the United will get together to defeat NDP. I'm sure they both hate him. And Falcon, he's a federal uh, conservative anyway. It's on his profile, so I can see them just getting together and just trying to defeat NDP. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you would think that would be common sense, but sometimes personalities, uh, you know, they don't see eye to eye as Keith said. Right, Keith? I mean, at the end of the day, uh, they have to pick up the phone, sort of put their egos aside and say, okay, we, what's the enemy that we're fighting here? Well, so, yeah, so here's, here's a challenge. Okay, let's say they get together. So who's the leader? Is Kevin Falcon actually going to say, John Rustad, who I kicked out of caucus, you can be leader? I'd be very surprised if that were to happen. I can't see Rustad saying, you know what, Kevin Falcon, you kicked me out of caucus, therefore you can be leader. So that's that's one of the challenges. One of the many challenges they face. There is not an automatic, obvious leader of a coalition of interest. Even though there's going to be, I've heard scenarios from some veteran politicals that say. Maybe the answer is for both Kevin Falcon and John Rustad to step down and let someone else lead a merged party. But who would that person be? There's no obvious name out there, Jazz. I don't know if you can think of anybody. Ellis I Ross. I certainly cannot think. Well, yeah. And, you know, and the reason I say that is he ran for leader. He didn't win, but his campaign co-chair was uh, um, uh, John Rustad. Uh, Mr. Ross yeah. is still popular within the BC United Caucus. That, you know? That's a possibility, I suppose. So we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. So that's the type of, you know... Deep thinking and outside-the-box thinking that has to occur if these two parties were to get together. Um, this is an extraordinary, very similar to what happened in 1991 when the the established party, the BC uh, Social Credit Party, which is sort of the BC United or the old BC Liberal Party equivalent, completely fell apart. And the upstart BC Liberals, which had been nowhere for years, suddenly uh, surged in the polls, almost threatened to win the election from the NDP in 91 out of nowhere. Uh, and rebuilt the free enterprise coalition around that party. So we've seen this occur in relatively short time in other years in BC. But n- these guys are in opposition, uh, not in government. In '91, they were in government uh, when this coalition was was e- collapsed and then regrouped again. So, but it's going to be fascinating to watch. I mean, there's all sorts of outcomes that could occur here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go to Simon in Vancouver. Hi, Simon. Hey, thanks. Hey, thanks a lot for taking my call. Um, I agree that they need to merge, and it's a fascinating discussion, but I think really what needs to happen is everybody that's written a check to BCU needs to phone up who they donated to and say, look, put them together. Um, there's a lot of money in the riding associations. There's no point in splitting the vote. Let Rustad run with it because he's gone from zero to 25 out of nowhere. And, hey, if they lose, then have the leadership race and, and you know, pick the next leader for the next election. But they they got to do something now, is my opinion. Yeah, Simon, thanks for your call. I mean, I understand where Simon's coming from. I just don't, you know, I, what I don't understand, Keith, and perhaps it's early, you know, this could be just people frustrated and say, oh, I hear conservative, they think Polyev. Like, I don't think anything John Rustad has done, uh, you know, is, 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 is anything that he's done has actually led to these types of numbers. That's what I find no. shocking. He hasn't no. done anything beyond, you know, some really wild opinions. And that's, that's not enough to usually be at 27%. I think it's just confusion out there and think these guys are federal conservatives. Yeah, there's a couple of things. I, don't, I still think, 
not enough people know who BC United is, and they're not NDP voters. So who do they vote for? Well, I'm not going to vote NDP because I'm I'm against them. I don't know what BC United is. Well, I know what Conservatives. I'll put my hang my hat with them. I think that's part of it. I think part of it is a Pierre Polyev um, wave that seems to be going across the party uh, country in in federal polling. The Conservative Party in BC has a significant lead over the Liberals in the NDP. Uh, I think that's reflecting what we're seeing in in provincial polling. Uh, people may be just parking their vote there. Uh, but it's a very fluid situation. But the challenge really is mostly for BC United. I don't see how they get out of this. Kevin Falcon, the leader, just agreed last week they're having trouble raising money. The brand is, uh, they even put a news release out last week, a, fun, a fundraising appeal for what they're calling a rebrand fund. And disclose there's absolutely no money in the fund right now. And if the fund doesn't attract enough money, then their efforts to rebrand may not actually occur because they don't have the money. So they're in a very serious situation. And you're right, Rustad is coasting along in the polls with all he's done at the ledge is he had a very uh, aggressive anti-SOGI day, and then he brought in unvaccinated healthcare workers and demanded to be put back on the job. Those are his two main things. I'm not sure, you know, 40% of the population is with him on those two. No, absolutely. All right, let's go to uh, Ryan in Vancouver. Uh, hi, Ryan. Hi, Jazz. I just wanted to, hi, Jazz. I wanted to point out that uh, the projections I saw for this poll it was two to five seats for the BC United Party, uh, and I think about 15 seats for uh, the Conservatives. Uh, if the referendum had gone through, it would be more like 16 seats for BC United. I think the right is stronger as two parties than as one. It's like you say, Soji is not something I would compromise on as a federal liberal, and I don't think it's something John Rustad is going to compromise on either. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think there was a big error there, that uh, two parties are stronger than one, provided you don't have votes for it. Yeah, yeah. NDP cabinet minister today mused with me that maybe we're headed to a two-party system like they have in other Western provinces. You've got the NDP and a Conservative Party, and the NDP basically takes the liberal side, the really liberal side of the of the political spectrum, and the Conservatives take the center right. And there's no more of this liberal conservative coalition to be created in BC. But that's I, another I, possible scenario. But if that's the case, Keith, I would argue, uh, and and I'm hoping to be proven wrong, there aren't enough voters potential voters from the nope. Conservatives to win a majority government on a consistent basis. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen, but keep an eye on the next federal vote, which will probably occur after the next provincial vote. But if the Conservatives really are big levels in B.C., that means that we're going to win ridings in Metro Vancouver, um, where maybe if they can win at the federal level, maybe Rustad can do it at the provincial. But I agree with you, the odds are, don't favor that scenario. Key, thank you. All right, take care.